0: And you went in the lunchroom, and the lady lunchroom lady said, "God got his
1: hand on you." And then you came back, and you had a wife. You passed out of church,
0: and I was just so glad to hear you for you was coming. And then you got back, you you
1: just were supposed to grow so fast, and every you were just adding more things for us to do, and more things to show love and help others to love.
0: I just know God had his hand on you, and you have a beautiful family, and I just know God got you. Happy anniversary, Pastor Booker. I love you.
2: Before we get started, I-, I would like to apologize, but we will not be able to get printed Uh, copies of the program in time for today's service so we're asking that each one of you if you'd like to view a copy of the program as written please scan the qr code that is found on the card located behind the seats of the pews so good morning k chapel to pastor reginald buckley first lady lucretia buckley Pastor Emeritus Horace Buckley, former First Lady Myra Buckley, and our honored guest speaker, Reverend Dr. Antoine D. Barlow, other ministers, K-Chapel family and friends in the pews and online. I'm Deacon Perry Allen.
3: And I am Deaconess Fetisa Allen. We will be your program guide for today. Our program theme is honoring our pastor's spiritual knowledge and earthly understanding. I ask each of you to think about today's theme and reflect upon not only Pastor Buckley's leadership, but the way he presents his sermons. If I were to ask most of you about his sermons, you would probably describe it with the following outline heading. Scripture, sermon title, and his three points. Of course, sometimes four or five points. But if you really think about it, we always forget a heading that should be somewhere in the middle. Actually, I think the heading should be scripture, sermon title, a what does that look like heading, and then the three points. I would dare say that Pastor Buckley's sermons include a what does that look like. And it begs us to ask the question, how does God's word manifest itself in our lives? Albeit, sometimes this part of the sermon, we may have to say out, shrink back into our pews, and Pastor will ultimately have to use Pastor Emeritus' favorite saying, Amen, like, to get some encouragement from us. But there are other times when this entire multi-generational congregation, from the youth and young adults in the balcony, to the pews on the lower level. It's so fired up that I am sure most of us leave this place feeling like we are ready to help carry out God's
2: word. With that being said, we welcome you to Cade Chapel where our pastor loves our God. How do we know? As was commanded of Peter in John 21, 15 through 17, he feeds our creator's lamb. We welcome you to worship our Lord with us and thank him for, un- for our Under Shepherd who loves our Redeemer, for he feeds our Savior's sheep. We greet you with the third welcome as you join us in celebrating our spiritual leader who loves the Word of God and has blessed us with sharing the bread of life for 15 years in county. Spiritual nourishment where our souls never go hungry and we never get full, for we are a flock of well-fed sheep. Now, as we always try to do at K, we will do things proper and in order by following the program guide as written. First, we will be ushered into praise and worship by the the Youth for Christ Ministry, followed by special recognition by Chloe Crawley, then followed by Brother Nathan Cook with Scripture, which will be immediately followed by Deacon Ben Davis with offering prayer for the morning, opening prayer for the morning.
3: just like to announce um, and take a point of personal privilege to announce that um, Anna Buckley, Ashton Shelton, and Jayla Wood are our graduating seniors of our Youth for Christ Dance Ministry. This is their last time performing with us, so please join me in giving them another round of applause before they head to
0: college. We're so proud of you.
4: morning. Before I start, I would like to say um, thank you all for everything uh, that y'all have done for me uh, while I've been here at Cade Chapel. I've been here since I was a baby, and um, you know, everything y'all have done for me, you know, I, I really do appreciate it. Like, words cannot describe how much I love this church. Uh, I really do appreciate you all, Pastor Buckley and Ms. Buckley. I really do appreciate it. your scripture for this morning comes from jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 and it reads as follows then i will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding god's word for god's people
5: Father, Lord, we come this morning, Lord, as humble as we know how, Lord. Just to say thank you, Lord. We thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this very hour, Lord. We thank you for last night laying down and for this Sunday morning early rise, Lord. We pray for those who are sick this morning, Lord. Those who are in the hospitals, Lord. We pray for the bereaved family, Lord. Lord, a special prayer for those who are in Kentucky that are attacked by the flood waters, Lord. We pray for those families. Lord, we just want to take this time and opportunity you've given us this morning, Lord, as we begin this celebration. First, I just said thank you. Lord, we praise you and glorify you this morning for your love and for your mercy. But Lord, we've gathered here this morning from far and near. Lord, do a special person in this church this morning. Lord, one whom you've anointed and gave the responsibility of guiding and nourishing and teaching and preaching your word to us. And Lord, we just want to say thank you. Because through him, Lord, you have always spoken your word with love. And, Lord, he has always delivered it well. And, Lord, we are also thankful for the many things that you are doing for us through him. Lord, we're thankful for the prayers that he's prayed, Lord, for the, being a counselor, Lord, for being a teacher, for being an advocate, Lord, and for most of all being a friend. Lord, we realize it's because of your grace that he has surrendered fully to your service. And, Lord, we pray that you use him mightily to bless all who have learned to hear your word. Not just here at Cave Chapel, Lord, but in as many parts of the world as you were sending Lord, as this church, we just want to pray for his health, Lord, for the health of his family and to protect him and his family, Lord, from any attack of the enemy. And above all, Lord, be with him. Lord, bless him when he comes in and, Lord, bless him when he goes out. Lord, we have so much joy in our hearts this morning, Lord, as we look back and remember the 15 years that he's been with us. And, Lord, it seemed like it was just yesterday. And it's hard to imagine it's been 15 years, Lord, but, Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we, as we share the love with this many people who came here today on this anniversary day, Lord, we just pray that you bless our pastor in every way, Lord. Lord, give him a shepherd of heart. And Lord, help him to help us to do our part, Lord. Lord, grant him, grant him many days and bless him in many ways. Lord, help him to be faithful and to receive from you an eternal reward. Now, Lord, when it's yours to call us out to answer. When we go in and to come out no more, we pray that we meet a little meter somewhere, Lord, down by the river and cross over to the other side. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.
3: Now, it is our tithes and offering period, which will be followed by a prayer from Deacon Marcus Dittrell. You may mail your gift stand, drop it in one of the baskets placed in the back, use the K-Chapel app, or text the number on the screen Love offerings for our first family may be placed in the special envelopes on the back of your pew, or you may ask one of the ushers for one. God's written word in 2 Corinthians 9. chapter. Each of you, give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver.
6: We thank you for these tithes and these offerings and these love offerings, Father, that they may be used for their intended purpose. And, Father, we thank you this morning for the givers, those who had a heart and a mind to give of what they have. We thank you, Father, and we just pray that these, that these things would be lifted up for the upbuilding of your kingdom. Not only do we thank the givers, Father, we thank those that had a heart to give but couldn't give this morning. And these are another blessing we ask. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.
2: Now that we have given to our hearts content, we will continue the celebration of our first family by Deacon Ken and Deaconess Toya Brown setting the stage with the anniversary tribute. Next will be the introduction of the speaker by Brother Tyrone Williams, followed by a musical tribute. Climaxing with the anniversary message from our guest speaker. Good
0: morning, morning, Kate.
4: When asked to present the tribute for this auspicious occasion, one instantly had to think, what would we say that had been said in the past 15 years? So today we will attempt to paint a picture of a man while telling you a story of many others. In all of these great leaders, these were not always the men they becau- that, that were before God called them into service, transforming their lives into the men they became. Our title today, is the transformation of a man. Patrick Rothfuss stated that when we are children, we seldom think of the future. The innocence leaves us to enjoy ourselves as few adults can. The day we fret about the future is the day that we leave our childhood behind. The Bible provides many viewpoints of godly men that have transformed through their lives, making them impeccable leaders. Let's look at a few.
0: In Genesis six, God is despairing over the wickedness that has overtaken humanity. Noah, however, is the only one who has not been corrupted. You know the story. God tells him to build an ark that will save him, his family, and a whole host of animal life. As he is boarding the ark, God says to him, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time.
4: Yes, righteous. Cut from the clock of a strong family values. Taught to be a strong family man. Placing always love of God first in family. There is such a man that displays the stillness to be such. He gives before one asks. He answers the call before the ring. He never sways just to please the many. And he always waits on the word of God before making a call to action. Oh, there is a man. A man that we can call... Re-
0: wait, Ken. You're going to tell them who we're talking about. Be patient, Danielson. There is another leader. God also approaches Abraham in Genesis 12 and tells him to go forth from his country and from his relatives and from his father's house to the land which he was to show him. In other words, Abraham is instructed to leave his comfort zone and march onward into uncertainty. You know, great leaders embrace that uncertainty because they know the truth that the promised land awaits them on the other side.
4: Mm, embracing. Now Toya, I know a man that fits that image. This, For this man prays for the weary, comforts the distressed. He places others before himself despite his own needs. Oh, there is such a man. A man that worries even when he can't change the situation. A man that tries to calm fears, drives tears, and even tries to be there when others can't. There is such a man that we can call wreck.
0: Wait, Ken. There is another one. In Joshua 24, after leading his people into a new land, Joshua offers the Israelites the option to either serve the God who they had always served, the one who brought them into the land, or serve the gods of the surrounding lands. But as for me and my house, he says, We will serve the Lord. The people answer in unison that they will pledge their allegiance to God before they believe in Joshua's leadership, they follow Joshua's example.
4: There is a man, one that has the ability to not only lead the people to the land not made by hands, promised by God the Father, always while sharing his vision with his family, encouraging them to stand while he stands, to move when he moves, to answer the call to worship, grow, and serve as God has ordained him to do. Oh, there is a man who not only preaches love under respect of one's spouse and depicts the essence of true love and the sacredness of his family. He teaches his flock the importance and the essence of being equally yoked and that marriage takes three, God and the two of them.
0: Now, In case you all haven't figured out yet who this story is about, let me bring it closer to you. Pastor and First Lady Buckley, you have brought the life and love to K-Chapel that goes without compare. Though these images only speak a small piece of the story that the two of you have written, 15 years in the service for God in this sacred place is remarkable. Pastor Buckley, you have supported every ministry of this church, changed the way we serve, and opened our viewpoint to the scope of seeing Christ's teachings from many different facets.
4: And for this, my brother, we thank you for being that person to love. On behalf of this great church, we appreciate you and love your beautiful family. We love you, and we thank you and wish you for many, many more years to Cade Chapel. God bless you all.
7: Good morning, K Chapel, MB Church. I am Tyron Williams, and I have the, the distinct pleasure and honor of introducing the speaker for today, none other than Reverend Dr. Antoine D. Barlow, just to give a few highlights of who our pastor is. He is an educated man. The next few words that will come out of my mouth don't hold it to him, because I know we are in Jackson State country. Amen. Somebody, he is a proud graduate of Alcorn State University. <laughs> Bless his heart. Where he holds a Bachelor of Science in Art, he also holds a bat—I'm sorry—a Master's of Art from Wesley B- Biblical Seminary and Liberty University. He received his doctoral degree from Beulah Heights University in Atlanta, Georgia. He's a family man. I'm gonna ask his beautiful family to stand as I call them out. Our beautiful First Lady, Marissa Barlow. His son, Ken, who's not in attendance with us. His two daughters, Reagan and Ryan. Thank you. He's also a military man. Retired Lieutenant, U.S. Army Chaplain He's a working man He's the Chief of Chaplains at the Federal Correctional Complex in Yazoo City, Mississippi and I'm going to give this disclaimer for free Don't enjoy his service too much That you do something that uh, you'll see him Monday through Friday You'll get that on your way home Last but not least, he's been a friend and a brother for the past three and a half years. It's been an honor serving under him for the past three and a half years. And like I said, it's my honor and pleasure to present the psalm and introduce to others my pastor, Pastor Dr. Antoine D. Barlow.
8: into
9: Good morning. Such a blessing to be with K-Chapel for what is now my third time here. None, No time that I could ever come here would be able to beat that first time that I was here over 20 years ago. First time I was here, none of you were here. First time I was here was 1999. I just graduated the University of Alcorn, moved down to Jackson, taken a job, given me by a man who meant so much to me, my principal at that time name was dr. Charles Chippler. The gentleman hired me and became like a surrogate father to me he was a I believe a member of Kate Chapel a longtime organist here and I told chip I said look man I'm I believe I'm ready to get married. I didn't find me a pretty girl from Jackson State. And I'm ready to get married. I'm get married. But I ain't got money for a ring or a reception hall. Chip said, man, you just bring the woman. I got the room for you. <laughs> and he took us in one of these rooms back here. Over 25 years we've been together. So, my greatest dream and her greatest challenge will
10: forever be linked
9: to K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. We won't be before you alone today. Come on with me, Mark. bless you, Pastor Emeritus, First Lady Emeritus, Buckley. God bless you. God bless you, Deacons. God bless you. Mark chapter 5. Won't you look with me at verse 25 and 27. These words recorded there. Very familiar passage. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years. 27 say when she had heard of Jesus came in the press and touched his garment pray with me pray for me in this house father son holy spirit how we come thankful for all that you have done you laid us down last night woke us up bright and early this morning you have given us portion of our health and strength you God Have blessed as only you could. If you never do another thing. You've already done enough in sending your son to a rugged cross to die for our sins. Father we thank you for today's celebration for these honorees. God their service has been stellar. And we give you great praise for them and their family. We ask that you bless this moment. Move me out of the way. Hide me in the cross of Calvary. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen and amen. For the time that is ours, I would like to lift this thought. The main man and his magnificent woman. Having now been pastoring Fourteen years. I performed over 50 weddings. I have officiated these weddings but I have one thing that has never happened and that is that I have never been a best man. I, 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 I've always wanted to be a Best man. Best men seem to be uh, uh, the coolest position there uh, on, on the team. I always have wanted to be in that position. I've been everything else, but never the best man. I've been a groomsman, but I've never been the best man. I've been the groom, married right here at Cave Chapel Missionary Baptist Church, but never been the best man. I've been a photographer. photographer didn't show up to this young lady's wedding. She said, hey Ralph, can you take the pictures at my wedding? I've been a photographer, but I've never been the best man. Suffice it to say that I've always wanted to be a best man. This past October This past October, something beautiful happened. My brother-in-law called me. very close to my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law means a lot to me. He's like a baby brother to me. My brother-in-law was getting ready to get, he called, he said, I'm getting ready to get married. I'm thinking, oh oh, yes, this is the opportunity. We're getting ready. Oh yes. I'm already looking on Amazon. I'm already checking out. Well, I'm going to get some shirts to say best man or the groom. I'm already getting my Chuck Taylors ready to go with my shirt. I'm ordering off Amazon so I can be the best man. I'm ready for the question. And he He says to me, brother long I'm getting ready to get married. I need you to do something. I said, go ahead, let me know, brother. He said, will you do the prayer? Will you do the
7: prayer? Will you do the prayer?
9: With all, with all the Holy Ghost in me, I said, the prayer...
4: to say I was crushed.
9: I was let down. Because it's at that moment I recognized that I had been again looked over. Question for you, have you ever been looked over? In in life, sometimes I found that one may be looked over, but but that's all right because oftentimes, what when God is looking over one, then that means that He's getting ready to lift one up. 1 Samuel. Y'all ain't with me yet. First Samuel chapter 16. The Bible is very clear that there was this preacher by the name of Samuel. God told the preacher, go down to Jesse's house. I want you to anoint who's going to be the next king of Israel. Samuel goes down there. God said, Here's the instruction. The oil is going to pour down the boy's face. Who it is that I have selected. Samuel gets there. He looks for the biggest, most handsome guy that he finds and recognize that hey, that's not the one. You got to go continuously until you find who it is that the oil is going to flow down it it did not flow down Abinadab, it did not flow down Shama. it did not flow down Eliab and Samuel's getting ready to leave the house and he says Jesse do you have another son surely because I've not yet put the oil on whom God told me to put the oil on because the oil has not flowed. He said yeah I got another boy but you don't want him nobody really wants him, he's out back, he's the one that's out there with the sheep. Samuel say, that's the one Call that boy in. He comes in the house and the anointing oil flows down his face. Why? Because God had looked over some in order to lift up, anoint, and appoint the one who he had selected. K Chapel, it's a blessing for us to give God praise that when it came to sending a pastor here, he looked over everyone that did not have the anointing and he lifted up the one that he had appointed to serve this house in this season. Give God praise for your pastor and first lady in this house. It's a blessing. A lot of churches having issues because they're not letting God do the sending. But he said that I will give pastors after my heart. Well, come to learn that sometimes being looked over is God's way of looking out for us especially in the case of a pastor for he sends those that he desires here in ancient times nomadic shepherds who led sheep understood the anointing the anointing that kind of oil that flowed from Samuel they understood it as being that which was applied to represent what God has appointed in fact they would keep these kind of uh, this oil this balm in them in their bags and whenever the sheep were hurt then the the, uh, the shepherd would place this oil on said sheep in order to alleviate the suffering in order to speed up the healing in the same way then the anointing the anointing oil became synonymous uh, over the years because and, and we read in the book of Psalms that he said do my prophet no harm touch not my anointed it would later morph into what Jeremiah would be asked later. He would be asked the question, is there not a balm in Gilead? The oil then is synonymous not only with the anointing, but it is synonymous, synonymous with healing and help and those that God has sent to hold up. So they, to that NK Chapel, you ought be glad that the Lord sent nobody other than Reginald M. and Lucretia Buckley to shepherd your souls. A great pastor, teacher, and first lady team like yours can never be looked over, and the beauty of having them is that they teach you to rightly divide the word of truth by not failing to look over that which needs to be lifted up. Today's text is pertinent because oftentimes an important insert in this passage is looked over. Matthew tells this same story, but leaves it out. Luke tells this same story, but leaves out something that Mark shares with us today. John even avoids the story altogether. However, Mark, 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 this John Mark being one who knows how it feels to be looked over was very careful in verse 27 to tell us something that messed me up. He said that this one unnamed woman got what she needed from Jesus because she heard. She, put a pen right there for a moment, she heard. She, she Today's text, like none other, has been preached thousands of times in hundreds of ways simply because it covers so many genres of theology. It it hinges on the, the thanatological because had this woman not gotten her healing from Jesus, she would have died. This text stands at the door of the pneumatological, for this woman, healing was supernatural. It was without medicine. It was without going into the hospital. It was without having to go to the ICU. It happened just because of the power of our God. It was a supernatural pneumatological healing. This text... This text walks down the aisle of the eschatological for it's dressed in a gown of glory whereby a beloved bride vis-a-vis the church becomes joined to a groom who is vis-a-vis Christ. But I see today that this text is also ecclesiological for it is due to the unveiling of what I'm calling the main man and his magnificent woman. According to to mark some unnamed woman in the text gets healed by a main man this she gets all because of what she has heard makes me ask the question how did she heal I hear Paul giving me a little bit of an understanding therefore Paul says how can they hear without the preacher and how can he preach except he be sent? Mark, Mark makes it clear that the main man in the text is Jesus. He makes it even clearer that there's a magnificent woman in the text. But what, what's not so e- easily recognizable is what I the person that I would like to call the best man. Best man, there's there's a best best man. There's a best best man in the text. Mark's gospel is unique in that he's the shortest of the other gospels. Mark's gospel is unique for he writes for a purpose that is different than the other go- gospels. Mark's purpose is to lift up Jesus, have Jesus's power and authority. Mark wants to show how Jesus owns everything and is able to use anything. Y'all miss your shout right there. He is able to use anything. Matthew tells everything that. Uh, Matthew says Jesus is king of kings. Luke says Jesus is the Messiah. John says Jesus is the son of God. But Mark says that Jesus has all power in heaven and earth. Not with me yet. Mark chapter one. In Mark chapter one, Jesus is being baptized in the Jordan River. As Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River, a voice comes out of heaven and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Mark writes this to let us know in Mark chapter one that Jesus has authority on the earth not there yet, Mark chapter 2 there were some guys that had a friend there were four of them, they had a friend they just wanted to get the friend to Jesus because the friend could not walk Jesus, what they bring this man to Jesus Jesus was teaching in a house they could not get Jesus, into the, the man into the house, so they go up on the roof there's a hole in the roof, they let the man down inside the, the house right in front of Jesus and the first thing Jesus says is, your sins are forgiven, Mark letting us know in chapter 2 that, that Jesus Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. You ain't with me yet. Mark chapter three. There's a man with a withered hand. Jesus had now healed this man. His hand is now fixed, and everybody is looking around like, "How in the man? How in the world is this man able to do this?" Mark shows us here that Jesus has all power, and which it is inclusive of a healing power. Not with me yet. Mark chapter four. The boys are out there on the sea. They're in a ship. Jesus is at the in the bottom of the ship. He's asleep. They get into a storm. Peter runs downstairs and said, Lord, do do you not care that we perish? Jesus gets up, walks to the hull of the ship, looks at the wind and the the water and says, peace be still. What Mark is trying to show us there is that Jesus has the authority over nature. And here we are, Mark chapter 5. Here goes this woman who needs some help. She's bleeding, hemorrhaging. She has an issue. And Mark is lifting up a story for us so that we might recognize the power of our Lord. Mark ten forty-five allows us to see that Jesus is here on this earth to serve. For he came not to be served, but to serve. With that in mind, if ever there's anybody who serves at a wedding, it's the best man. The best man isn't the main man, but he carries things for the main man. The best man isn't the main man, but he's connected to the main man. The best man isn't the main man but he's in every picture of the main man. The best man isn't the main man but he sits at the table with the main man. The best man isn't the main man but he gets preferential treatment just like the main man all because he's connected to the main man. You ought to be excited and glad and overwhelmingly blowing the roof of K Chapel because you have a best man who is connected to the main man and has been the catalyst for blessings that have come into Cade over the last 15 years y'all not y'all, y'all not with me yet. there were no main men there'd be no need for the best man So, so far, I'm, I'm simply trying to suggest that today we're celebrating a mighty man and a multi-talented woman. But what's not to be overlooked is the magnificent man and marvelous woman found in Mark's gospel. So if Jesus is the magnificent man in church talk, and the church is the marvelous woman in church talk, the pastor has to be. Y'all with me up in King I would argue that the pastor is the best man who carries important things, sits in the seat and poses for the pictures only because he's connected to the main man. Pastor Buckley is indeed one of God's best men if there ever was one. Fifteen years ago he was the best man God could send to K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. He's the best because he offers his very best to you and to your families. His preaching his sermons are some of the best sermons that you have ever heard. If not they definitely are some of the best I've ever heard. His, his, he and Lucretia have reared two of the best children that I've ever seen. He, uh, he employs the best church staff that one can find. He walks in integrity the best of his human ability. He'll go down in history as one of the best presidents of our state convention. And today he's going to do his best to hold back the tears when y'all keep giving him all this love. Taking all these pictures. Feeding him good. All because he Can I keep preaching a little while here? The pastor is a personal and a passionate and a powerful gift. He is by all accounts one of God's best men the reign of my time, let me invite your intellect and summon your sensibilities toward a woman with a multitude of issues for the purpose of leaving you with this is what I need you to take today. Just three characteristics of a best man. That's all I want to share with you. Three characteristics of a best man. Here's the first one. The first characteristic of a best man is that he gives up his will for the main man's will. The best man always gives up his will for the main man's will. Contextually, Here's the the setting. At the time of this text, Jesus has recently healed the man that had the withered hand. Right after that, Jesus leaves. There were about 100 people there that recognized Jesus healed this man with the withered hand. So Jesus then gets into the boat, goes to the other side, and then when he gets to the other side, he now is over there in this place called Gadara where there is a demon-possessed man. Y'all know the story. Jesus goes up there, sees this man, the, 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 the demon's on the inside of the man, start talking to Jesus. They said we got to go. They know they had to go because Jesus has all power and demons tremble at his voice. Yeah. And so what happens there is that Jesus heals this man uh, of his demonic possession. Then Jesus gets back in the boat, goes back to where he was. Now, when he gets back, there are not just a hundred people at K Chapel, there's a thousand people at K Chapel. Because everybody in the black community that went and said, This man healing us for free. You ain't got to go no doctor, you ain't got to go to MBA, you ain't got to go Jackson Copper comprehensive help, you ain't got to go G-I-N this disguise. all you got to do you ain't got to have no chip, no Obamacare no no Medicare, A-R-B all you got to do is go over there, there's a man standing over the river giving sight to the he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly, let's just go over here, now, so now it's thousands of upon thousands of people out here waiting on Jesus and what happens in the text watch this, is that now Jesus comes to this place and he is stopped by what Mark is offering us. Which gives us our first note that the best man gives up his will for the man main man's will. Here, watch this. Nobody gives up his will. Nobody in this church gives up their will like Pastor Buckley. Nobody in any church gives up their will like a pastor. Truth be told, Oftentimes the pastor has an idea with which the deacons have an issue. Thus the pastor will thwart his will so that peace might be maintained and that God's will Every now and then, not, not not every not every month, but every now and then the pastor has uh, uh, a thought, but the trustees ain't there yet. Not not, not six million pastor. And so the pastor's will is thwarted to maintain some sense. He'll thwart his own will. The man of God is an expert at executing God's will over his own will. Jeremiah, you remember Jeremiah. Jeremiah didn't even want to preach. Jeremiah had a whole idea, a whole plan of what he wanted to do. But God had to remind him that it ain't your decision. I overrule you. I have decided you are going to be the prophet to the nation. You're in good company Pastor Buckley Whenever you have to thwart and move your will To the side every now and then God sees you because He And he understands for his own son Had to go through the same thing Y'all remember when our Jesus was in that garden Thought about that thing Looked at his fleshly body and said You know what I really don't want to do this I really don't want to go to this business meeting tonight I really don't want to deal with this I really don't want to go up there I don't want to hear it. No, but He said not my will thy will be done. It was God's will for this woman to hear about Jesus because only after hearing could she head towards her heavenly healing. So she hears about Jesus from the lips of a man who according to the Levitical law had no business Uh, Bible readers where are you according to Levitical law you cannot convince me that this man wanted to go and talk to this woman because everything in the law had prevented him and prohibited him from even had anything to do with her. What do you mean, Pastor No. Well, the woman has an issue of blood. Last time I checked, my Bible tells me according to Leviticus chapter 15, number 25, if a woman has an issue of blood many days out of the time of her separation, however it is, uh, she is unclean. That means uh, that everything that the woman touched was unclean. When she sat upon something, that something became unclean. When she touched somebody, that somebody became unclean. Whatever it was that she touched and was around became unclean. This woman was an outcast. This woman had no business being in the purview of anybody. Her own family, her, matter of fact, according to Levitical law, her own husband could have put her away if because of her uncleanliness. This woman should not be out in public at all, definitely should not be talking to a man. But however, this man ends up stopping by this woman and telling her something good. Follow how you know he told her, because the Bible says she heard That Jesus was gonna be able to help her. The man, the man in the text offers a clear and concise word of revelation to this woman in need because it was God's will that political, Levitical law become married to amazing grace. Uh, The New Testament y'all missed it you'll catch it later on the New Testament law of grace was just waiting for a best man to tell a woman with an issue something that she needed to hear this woman needed to hear come all ye that are heavy la- labor and are heavy laden take my yoke upon you my burden is light." this woman needed to hear how marvelous the grace that caught my falling soul For he looked beyond my faults and saw my need This woman needs to hear that there is a fountain Filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's van, And sinners plunge beneath that flood Lose all their guilt and stain. This woman needs to hear that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly we're just talking we're just talking talking. she she needed she needed to hear something to help alleviate her issues she needed to hear one of God's best men committed to preaching the word in season and out of season say that it's God's will that you be saved Secondly, I got to move here. Secondly, not only does the best man give up his will for the main man, but the best man gives up his whole weekend. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, 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 yeah. For the main man. Yeah, right yes, the Sunday sermon, Kate Chapel, I hope you understand this by now, is still in the oven on Friday the saints of God still call their pastor Friday and Saturday and still meet him at the door to the study on Sunday come on somebody talk to me if you can it's the whole weekend but there's still something going on. I'm trying to suggest to you that, that that he's not off duty on Friday. There's still something happening around K-Chapel every weekend and that means whether he's here or there he's always concerned and connected to K-Chapel Missionary Baptist Church the whole weekend. Takes time to prepare sermons like he preaches and often that bleeds into The weekend, whomever this preacher was that communicated grace to this woman in the previous verses, he did so in Reginald Buckley type sermon fashion. It, It was intellectual and interesting. You can say amen if you can. It was deep yet delectable you say amen when you feel like it it's encouraging yet engaging you say amen when you feel like it it was about yesterday but it's applicable till today and I can actually see how that thing will work out tomorrow it was a resident Buckley sermon I know this because the text said that after she was done hearing sister girl sister girl started saying what she heard uh, y'all gonna miss this on the fifth row after the girl had been done hearing in verse 27 now she has started saying that which stuff based on what she has heard because verse 27 said she had heard verse 28 said for she said y'all missed it already. You missed it. It went all the way over your head. Verse 27 he heard, she heard verse 28 for she said King James Version she said watch what she said though she said if I may touch but his clothes I shall be made whole. I wish there was a witness here. See the beauty beloved of every one of Pastor Buckley 780 sermons that's how many he done preached in 15 years the beauty of those sermons over the past 15 years was the point Why? this. The beauty of the sermon was the point that you began to see, that you started seeing what it was he was showing you and you started saying what it was that he was speaking to you. In other words, the beauty is when he shuts up and you start saying what he said. You missed it. Let me come get you. The beauty of the sermon is when you started saying Jesus is in the furnace with me. It's when you started saying that Jesus was born in Bethlehem for me. It's when you started saying that Jesus is in this ship on this stormy sea with me. It's when you started saying Jesus went up that hill for me. It's when you start saying Jesus hung on the cross for me. Jesus went to the grave for me. Jesus got up with all power for me. She said, if I just touch. She didn't say to him of his garment. She said, "If I just touch his clothes, I'm gonna be all right." Her quest was not to touch the him. Her quest was just to touch him anywhere. Ah, you're not with me yet. This is written to us in understanding what kind of sermon that this woman had heard. She has heard that Jesus. This this idea is that whatever he said to this woman was was designed not to tell her where to touch Jesus, but it was designed to tell her that she could touch Jesus what happened was that this whatever this man told this woman it touched her faith down on the inside and it's from that place of faith down on the inside that she even began to believe I'm really not an outcast I really ain't what they say about I'm not what I did I am who he created me to be I can't get up from here I can't he does love me there is a man out there that's waiting on me and he is God. Like preaching in K Chapel today. I I am on my way to see Jesus now. It it connected, it connected this woman's faith. (laughs) And the last time I checked, maybe you tell me, but faith cometh by and hearing by the word of God. Let me help somebody else in the the house. So when she heard that he was able, her faith said, even if he doesn't, I'm going anyhow. I don't know what's going to really happen when I get out here, but I'm going to touch this man. I'm going to touch him somewhere. I'm going to touch him if I get y'all. Y'all good preaching. Listen, good preaching says you can touch him whenever and however you want to touch him. You can touch him in the morning. You can touch him in the you can touch him when the sword go down you can touch him you can touch him in the front or you can do like this woman come from behind him or you can touch the hem of his garment only if you bow down for every knee shall bow and every tongue I got, I got it. reason I got time to tell you this woman she has a reason that she ends up teaching, touching the hem of his garment. She ends up touching it because she's down. She bows at his feet. But it's good preaching to talk about the hem of the garment. And I can't leave you without talking about the hem of the garment because Jewish tradition, watch this, was that rabbis wore robes and at the bottom of the robe was called a zit God. There was this thing called a zitzit. Now what is a zitzit? The word zitzit is also used to refer to hair when one has dreadlocks. So if you just cut somebody's dreadlocks out, that is a zitzit in, act- in actuality. That happened in the Bible, in the book of Ezekiel, by around chapter 8, verse number 3. Bible says that the angel grabbed Ezekiel by his zitzit. You can do what you want with that during Black History Month. But he reached that and he has this dreadlock According to Numbers chapter 15, Moses commanded that there be 613 knots on one zit zit, which comes correspond to 613 laws in the old to in the old testament. And all of those knots are held together, held together by 39 wines. Those 39 which correspond to the 39 books of the Old Testament. What I'm trying to say is suffices to say this the zit zit is symbolic of the word of God, demonstrating that faith does not only come by hearing but hearing Pastor Buckley has to come from where he preaches from and that is from the word of God. The woman heard. The woman heard by Jesus because of a willing vessel who gave her word. That was the difference between her living and her dying. That was the difference in her being changed or saying the same and being set free instead of being bound. To that end, not only does the best man give up his will for God's will. Not only does the best man give up his weekend to perfect the way in which he will deliver God's word, but the best man gives up what's not his. I said the best man gives what's not his. The best man has something that is powerful he has something that is permanent and he has something in his possession that is priceless. But it does not belong to him because it actually belongs to a magnificent woman. <laughs> The best man, the most sacred, I don't know if you've been to a wedding lately or not. Uh, the most I kind of hang out at them every now and then because I want to be the best man. But the most sacred, best, the most sacred and moment, the sacred moment in any wedding is when the best man pulls out that diamond ring from his pocket, which I like to call the game changer name changer. Ah, uh, y'all ain't with me yet. Y'all ain't with me yet. And, uh, for it is upon Lucretia, the ring being placed on her finger that the woman's identity as a member of her new family becomes solidified. I wish somebody was in this house. That's why in verse 28, it makes me feel good that Jesus meets this, this woman meets Jesus and gets physically healed, but I find it noteworthy. In verse 25, Mark says she was just a certain woman. Mark said, I don't know who she is. I don't know what her name is. I'm just telling you what happened. She ran into the best man, best man took her, best man took her to the main man and the woman came back better than what she actually was. Mark just gave us the story, but messes me up here. Now, by the time you get to verse number 34, I get my shout on because I, what happens is Jesus says to her, now, y'all know the story, right? The woman, she does go out there. She does find out there's a man sitting over the river. that She does go out there. She listens to Jesus. I don't know what it was about Jesus that made her actually know who Jesus was when she got there, but I just kind of halfway believe that the best man told her it's the dude that got the bronze feet and the dreadline out there. It's the dude that's out there with the red eyes. I don't do whatever you want to do with that. Doing Black History Month. But she went out there. She said, okay. She went down to the man and she reached up touched the hem of Jesus' garment and then got her healing. And this woman was utterly made whole. Somebody shout made whole. Made whole. She was made whole. She was made whole. She was made whole. I like this. Verse 34. Watch this. Leads me into this. For then Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? He said, he said, Who touched me? The boy said, Jesus, there's a thousand plus people out here today. You know good and well, we don't know who touched you, which messes me up. But that means that 999 people done knocked up a gun, bumped up against Jesus, but didn't but one touch him. Is there anybody here? He says, somebody touch me because virtue has gone out of me and praise the name of our God this woman she did not want to speak up she was embarrassed she didn't really know what was going to happen at this point all she knew was I just done got my healing I'm good and so she was ready to let him go on and watch this what happens was she was convicted and ended up having to tell the Lord she said Jesus I am the one that touched you watch what Jesus says in verse 34 it makes me shout he said unto her daughter. Oh, God, up in here. Verse 25 verse 25 certain woman verse 34 Bible says and we get the Greek word is thigater, and that word is only used one other time in the scriptures it's when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on the coat, and Jesus said behold the daughter of Zion ride right in and so what he was saying is this is that baby you may have been outcast by everybody else everybody else may have thrown you away nobody else may not have food with you but I'm accepting you into my family you're my Watch out. Anybody kin to him in here? Anybody know the main man up in here? Anybody got Emmanuel's blood? I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here because, because now she's met the main man. She no longer has issues that can't be they dealt with because there is nothing that the main man cannot do. You don't have an issue. Trey K. Chapel, you don't have an issue that the main man ain't able to handle. Your family doesn't have an issue the main man can't handle. The church doesn't have an issue that the main man can't handle. The convention doesn't have an issue that the main man can't handle. The community doesn't have an issue that the main man can't handle. I came over here to K Chapel this morning. And the reason I came was because I heard y'all had an issue. The issue is you didn't have enough preacher people to praise the Lord with you as you celebrate Reginald and Lucretia. And so me and South Liberty, we mounted up on a bus, came down here to see if y'all would help us. Give God some praise for your power. And your first lady Give him glory in this house Give glory Y'all not helping up in here Will you help me praise God For your best man Will you help me praise God For your best man Praise the name of our God I told you earlier That the best thing About the best man is that the best man uh, is connected to uh, the main man. Uh, Glory to God. uh, I also told you uh, that my brother-in-law he had called me uh, and he had told me uh, that he wanted me uh, to do the prayer uh, at his wedding. Uh, Ain't my God alright but just before the wedding, uh, two days before the wedding, uh, can I tell you what happened he called me he said brother-in-law I need you to get me out of a jam I'm in he said my best man done backed out on me can you go get a tuxedo can you be at the church can you show up for them?" good God almighty I told him Brooklyn, I said I gotta look at My calendar. I I don't know if I'm able. I I might have to be here. I might have to do a prayer somewhere for somebody. Ain't God alright? I told him I told him you got me I got to the wedding and had a good time at the wedding in October of last year but I got to tell you this before I get out of here just before it was time for me to go home the caterer she walked around and she looked at me and she Said, I need my money. I said, What do you mean? She said, I've not been paid. I said, Ma'am, excuse me, but you're not looking for me. I'm just the best man, but let me take you to the main man. K Chapel, can you go with me and see the main man? Is there anybody else? Wanna see the main man? The main man put a cross on his shoulder. The main man marched that cross up God's hill. The main man laid down his life for his friend. The main man they pierced him in his side. They put nails in his hands. They put nails. In the feet of the main man, but that's all right, because he had already decided, not my will, but thy will be gone. told you earlier when you're anointed by God it don't matter if they leave you out or look you over cause this God we serve he'll lift you up they put my Jesus in that cross and they lifted it up what they do that forever cause John 12 said and
10: I if I and I if I be lifted up, I'll draw on
9: me unto me. Look at the main man. They laid him in a tomb that Friday. He stayed there. All night Friday. He stayed there.
10: All night Saturday. But uh, uh, The main man
9: Got up with all power In heaven and earth In the palm of his hand The main man Is the one He's the one He's the one That I know good and well Pastor Buckley would want me to tell you He's the one that's holding him. And Dr. Buckley up. It's the main man. So we come here today to give honor to the one that doesn't always get it. The least we can do once a year, Kate, is do what you've done today. Say we appreciate you for what you've done for us. We appreciate you, first lady, for letting us have your husband so that God can use him to be the conduit through which some of us hear that Jesus is in town and he'll even put his hands on me. The main man and his magnificent woman. The
8: main man. The main man. And his magnificent woman. Reverend Barlow, we here at Cade, we thank you. We thank you for being obedient to God. For delivering his mail. And we pray after all the preaching and all the teaching, that the word does not fall on deaf ears. The doors are open. The doors are open. The doors are open. You can come by letter. You can come by Christian experience. And for those of you who are worshiping with us via satellite, home or wherever you are, there should be a number at the bottom of the stream where you can call and you can join with us and be a part of building God's kingdom. The door is open and then there may be someone here who's having some problems. Or you may want to stand in for someone else. But we have ministers here who will go with you and pray for you. I pray for them. Would you come? Would you come? dedicate yourself and say Lord I haven't been serving you the way I should have but I'm ready now to do what you would have me do tomorrow may be too late the door is open the benediction and just before the pastor and first lady, I believe we have something special to take place right about now. Just before you dismiss us, Reverend Barlow, pastor with you, and first lady, would you like to have a word? And then you may dismiss
6: us. Thank you. Good afternoon. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul does make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. To Reverend Barlow, thank you for blessing us today with that powerful word from the Lord. Today we've all witnessed the awesome his awesome power of preaching and thank you for joining us today and for celebrating and worshipping with us. Now for us personally, he has served as our counselor. He's the the, the chaplain that we call when we were in our own moment of need, when Anna was stuck in Germany, having tested positive for COVID, and I'd like to thank him for being that kind of person who's with you in the good and in the bad. Um, and to you, Kate Chapel, for these few moments, I stand to recognize you as special people. In First Corinthians um 16 and 18 it is written for they have refreshed my spirit and yours therefore recognize such people today i praise god for you for our assignment here at k chapel for his sustaining power that has kept us here for 15 years and for the love and support you give to us on this annual day and throughout the year Know that standing before you after a service like this one we just had is not easy. It's not easy to find words that appropriately expressed my gratitude for your kindness. It's not easy to proportionally demonstrate the heartwarming gratitude that you have rendered through the various expressions of love. And I acknowledge it's likely not easy to plan something fresh each year. Um, You have accomplished your task, and I pray your grace if I have not done as well on mine. Reginald and I are devoted to UK Chapel and the ministry of this church. We pray for you, and we gladly go when sent and come when called, including the weekend you to um, join us in our life events and ministry at Cade, and we thank you today um, for your support that you give to us and our life as a family. Reginald and I rest assured that we are loved by this congregation, that you have our interest as a family and as an individual at heart. Today is your most demonst- uh, most recent demonstration of this and for it we are grateful. These expressions um, um, of love strengthen and encourage us. They reaffirm your love and they refuel us for the next leg of this journey. For us, it is as it was written in Philemon 1 and 7, for I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have Been
11: refreshed through you. Reverend Moore is here. Reverend Moore from Stronger Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Amen. God bless you. He and my dad are good friends. Go way, way back. Amen. And I believe you wanted to come and share something with us. Come on, Reverend Moore. God bless you. Say amen forevermore, you are. Amen.
12: Church and to all of you who come today, God is good. This is a wonderful day. This this is a wonderful day where you've come to celebrate your pastor and wife um, for love and for the great work they're doing here. I came to Kate Chapel as a lad of a boy. I was 25 years old, and I'm 62 now. Um, I knew no one in Jackson. And Dr. Horace Buckley took me under his wings um, and taught me, but more than that, he became a father for me. Uh, I knew nothing about computers. We're talking about 1984. um, And he was the first one to make sure that I, I knew how to use and operate computers and put them in the church and use them for ministry. And I want to say this before... Do what I want to do today. We were on our way to um, uh, to. Um, I wanted to go to the convention, and he called me and he said, more let's go to the convention." And I said, "Dr. Buckley, man, my my budget is, is just is it's just in bad shape. I can't go." He said, "No, I, I want you to go." I said, Buck, I have five dollars to my name that I can spend. I've, I've got a little church I'm pastoring, and and all they're giving me is one hundred and fifty dollars a week." It's a little better now, but uh, I can't go. And I want to tell you this. He said, no, I'm going to take you. And so we started to, uh, we went to Kansas City, Missouri. And at that time, he had a big green Cadillac. We, we were on our way to Kansas City. And, and you know, and, and he taught me how to be stately. But he also taught me to follow directions. And he says, now, Moa, I want you to drive 55 because these policemen on the highway headed toward uh, Kansas City, they, they don't play. They're very strict. And so every now and then I'd get up to 58, 59, 60, and he said, pull over. I pull over. He got out of the car, and he went and got three switches. And got back in the car and planted them. He was plattering them as I was driving. And I said, Now who are you gonna hit? who are you gonna hit with them switches? He said, I'ma hit you if you speed up again. And I was I was driving sixty, but what he didn't know, that green Cadillac would not run but sixty two miles an hour, you anyway. what? So we just did the best we could. But I learned from him and, and, and I learned what being a preacher was and what, what being a statesman was as a preacher. You can't teach that. Somebody's got to teach you. Somebody, you have to learn that from somebody. It's so wisdomatic. The scripture says, if you cast your bread upon the water, it'll return after many days. And your daddy cast some bread upon the water when he took me on his wings. So I see the favor upon your ministry. I've heard you preach three times. Uh, and the last two, um, you've touched my heart. It's obvious to me that you're a man of God. You've been praying because you got much power, and you touched my heart. You touched my spirit, and my wife was out of town today and um, family, but I wanted to come by and um, and bring this to you and your wife. It's here's, here's $500 from Stronghold Church. <clears throat>
11: Well, let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. What an incredible journey this is. Uh, My heart is filled right now. I feel from the word of God, feel from the warm expressions that have been shared, feel from this awesome worship experience. God is a good God. This whole year, is a historic year for me. Um, my daughter graduated from high school, so we're about to be empty nesters. Yeah, getting ready for that. I preached my first annual address as president of the General Missionary Baptist State Convention this year. Twenty-five years ago, I put the name-changer game... What would you say? Name-changer game-changer on her finger. So, on tomorrow, we celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. On the 2nd, August 2nd. There there, there are just so many things that are happening this year. And then August 30th, I turned 50 years old. This year is a a lot of things happening this year and then to be back home the place where I grew up the place that has opened its arms back to me to allow me to lead you as pastor and to be in this this sacred space now for 15 years this is an historic year for us and I thank God That you are with us on every step of the journey. It is without question that you not only say that you love us, but you show it in so many wonderful ways. And for that we're grateful. I shall not take too much more time because, yeah, we don't want to go back to what we used to do. But let me just say, Pastor Barlow, my friend, my brother, what a mighty word. What a mighty, mighty word. Now, if you were like me, when he took his text, if you were like me, you wondered if he was coming for the wrong occasion. Because how do you preach a pastor's anniversary? from that text. But did he not do it? <laughs> Bless you, man. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your, your fellowship. Thank you for sharing your family with us. I'm sure he's told you the story, and this is my first time meeting uh, the, the baby who I heard we heard in the background, and I've shared the story with our congregation before, of when you were praying for us and we heard that baby crying, Daddy, Daddy. And what a blessing it was that you incorporated that moment into that prayer to say that as that baby was crying for her daddy, that we have a daddy we can call on in time of trouble. It was from that moment that I knew I had a friend and Antoine Barlow. And so we thank you. God, thank God. And I never knew you were married here at Cape Chapel. God so brought us together. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. We love you. And we're going to keep on loving you. Amen. God bless you. All hearts and minds are clear. No, all hearts and minds are not clear. Amen. Deacon.
13: I'm not gonna keep you long, Uh, we have a surprise that we purposely kept off the program so that uh, Pastor Buckley and First Lady Buckley did not see it. And uh, back in the back, Sister Doris told me that before he gets to the benediction, I need you to disrupt service. And the first time I said it, I said with a little fear, you want me to disrupt service? And then I got a little excited about it. And uh, I had planned a disruption worthy of a Tyler Perry movie. Oh, Father, can you hear me? Uh, if you didn't get that, watch Diary of My Black Woman when you, when you get in. But I abandoned my plans when I saw Sister Doris tell Reverend Barlow that I was going to do it. And I should have kept it because Buckley went to the benediction. That's all that bland and all of my disruption for no purpose. But let me get to the. And Buckley further disrupts my plan when he announces their anniversary. This is supposed to be a surprise recognition of an anniversary that you just announced so Reverend Barlow it's with the same disappointment as not being a best man and the same Holy Ghost feel power that I'm going to move on with an announcement you've already made so as we bring to conclusion our celebration of 15 years of service dedication devotion and commitment to the church we also wanna pause and acknowledge 25 years of service, devotion, love, and commitment to each other. So I think it is now official. They have been together longer than they have been apart. So uh, in in biblical terms, you have been one now longer than you have been two. And so what I I want to read just a, a passage really quickly It's the passage we always read at weddings. It says, I'm going to read it as soon as I put my glasses on. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, when you read that, what I need you to acknowledge is that it's hard to do that one day for some folks. When you find somebody, when God places in your life somebody that enables you to live that way for 25 years, it is truly a blessing. So you have to ask yourself, what enables someone to be committed to a church for 15 years and committed to each other for 25? And I think the answer is also found in scripture. Let me put my glasses back on. In Proverbs, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to his proper end. We get 25 years of commitment to each other because of commitment to our Lord and Savior. We get 15 years of commitment to a church because of commitment to our Lord and Savior. So today we just want to pause at the end of this service to acknowledge 25 years of commitment to each other enabled through service and commitment to our Lord and Savior. That's not it. We got more. So next we have a video presentation.
14: along on that special day there was a poem attached to the program. It reads as thus, our love is as the sea constant and ever-changing. Our love is as the wind rapturous and all-encompassing. Our love is as the earth solid and firm. Our love is as a flame illuminating our lives and warming our hearts. Yet, our love extends beyond sea, wind, earth, and flame. It's greater than who we are. It's more powerful than our past, yet the foundation for our future. It has brought us here today to become one in the eyes of God, our family, and friends. Our love is the essence of our lives. It is therefore fitting that today we shall become husband and wife. Today we give ourselves to each other exclusively and eternally. Remember that? (laughs) The program committee would like to take this time to honor you, Pastor Buckley and Mrs. Buckley, On your August 2nd anniversary of 25 years, we are blessed to have these dedicated servants that are a beautiful example of love, family, and dedication not only to us, but to each other. We are proud of you and overjoyed to salute you on your 25 years of marriage. Our wish for you, Reverend and Mrs. Buckley, is that you continue to live in love, happiness, and harmony. May every day of your life be filled with the knowledge that we, Cave Chapel Missionary Baptist Church, love and support you as our pastor, as our first family, and as a beautiful representation of marriage. As icing on a cake, We cover you with love, respect, prayer, as you continue this journey called marriage. (laughs)
1: 25 beautiful years. Mr. and Mrs. Buckley, we are the K. Chapel family, remembering 25 years ago on August 2nd, you two were united in holy matrimony. So we want you to celebrate. We want to celebrate with you your civil anniversary. 25 treasured years of love. 25 years of caring. 25 years of happiness, companionship, and sharing, you, are, you have seen the realization of so many things. You've planned as you have journeyed through the years together, hand in hand. So, may this be a great celebration for you also, and may the years that be ahead, just as happy. Happy silver anniversary.
11: Amen. God bless you. Let the church say amen. amen. Let me thank this program committee. Amen. You all are always thinking of us and doing some wonderful things just to be a blessing to me and my family. And I thank God for all of you, all of you who serve on this committee. You all are meaning, do meaningful things that touch our hearts. God bless you. We love you. Amen. If all hearts and minds are clear... Amen. Amen. Reverend Barlow, why not you come and give us our benediction?
9: Praise the Lord. We're getting ready to go. If, you, if it's all right, might I recognize South Liberty. Is that all right, Doc? South Liberty, South Liberty, where y'all stand right quick? South Liberty. Thank God for y'all. Thank God. Thank God for y'all coming, coming with me down here. I got to, got, got to tell you, I, that was one of them things uh, that I went with and uh, told the deacons that I had an idea and they say uh, what's the idea I say we need to not have service on 5th Sunday at 11 o'clock let's have service at 830 and then so I could be a K chapter 11 they, and that was one of my ideas they had an issue with <laughs> but it was the Lord's will <laughs> that we be here today it all has worked out so we've enjoyed God Today, thank God for you having us, K Chapel. Should you ever invite us back here again, please lower, lower this. Just lower, just just about four inches, about four inches, and you'll continue to be the best man. You continue to be my best, as my best man, right? I love myself some, Pastor but the Reginald Buckley. You're my guy, Lucretia Just love y'all, just and I love y'all tremendously. Let me say, well, my wife, I just got to say, can you stand up again so I could see you? I couldn't see you, babe. That's, that's my wife right there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, let's get ready to go down from this place. All hearts, minds clear. Let's go down from this place. Receive your benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the Father with exceeding glory to the only wise God our Savior be all glory, honor, dominion, and majesty both now and forevermore and we all sing Amen God bless you